Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldana. It's been a wild freedom After pregnancy loss and a breakup, Samantha begins a journey with a new relationship to call in her baby. This is a powerful story of a brave woman who used her anxiety as a flag for what to move towards and away from. It's the story of a woman who committed to following her instincts in spite of a nervous partner. And it's a story of the quiet strength of a wild woman becoming a fierce mother. Okay, so I, um, with my my ex-husband, we tried to get pregnant for a year and a half. And I had, I ended up, we ended up getting pregnant and I had two, um, I had one miscarriage and one chemical pregnancy. And the only reason I really knew about the, the second one was because um, I was obsessively peeing on um, mm. pregnancy tests and going to like um, get my blood uh, drawn to see if I had any HCG in my blood, which most of the time I did not. Um, it was, I was very like obsessed about it and just like, it was all I could think about and like, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. And so after the, the uh, miscarriage, we sort of stopped connecting and our, our relationship really was not good to start with. And so we, um, we split up and got divorced and I, um, gosh, I think I lived on my own for five or six months when I met my now husband. And from the beginning, we talked about babies from like, I don't know, second date, third date, because it was something that I wanted. And he has two children from um, two previous relationships. We have a 10 and a half year old and an 18 year old, which is a huge gap compared to mm-hmm. our, our baby. Um, and so we always talked about, you know, starting a family and what that would look like. And um my husband is a warrior. <laughs> he thinks, you know, go to the hospital for all the things. And so, um, wait, what do you mean a warrior? He's a warrier. Oh, warrior. I was like, how does yeah, that sorry. translate yeah. to no. warrior? No, no, no. <laughs> no, he's a warrior. Um, he gets, he, gotcha. I love him very, very much, but he will hear a noise like if he's in the garage and like run upstairs. Is everything okay? Mm, Fine. Okay. Like it was the dog. Um, and so, um, he was like, you know, we'll just have a hospital birth like my other two. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe not. Maybe like a, like a birth center or something. And we just sort of like kind of talked about it. Um, and fast forward to 2017. 
I was following Katya Nova on Instagram. And she was going to be on your podcast because she had just had her free birth. And I remember listening to the podcast and thinking, oh my gosh, this woman is like a total badass. And there's no way I could do that. Like, there's Mm. just like, like I'm not strong enough or brave enough. And which, I mean, that's not really what it comes down to. But um, I listened to the episode and like I was texting my husband and texting my uh, best friend who had had a, um, a midwife birth not that long before and was like, oh my gosh, like you should listen to this podcast. Like it's, it's really amazing. So I was texting her, um, you know, things that I was researching because I would, once I listened to that first episode, I sort of started listening to more and I would sort of hear things or, or like learn about things. And then I would, I would Google them and start like, I was just like deep. I was texting my husband all the time, like, Oh, what about this? Or, you know, did you know this? And we, so I listened to the podcast to basically every chance I had. Um, I'm a nanny. So at nap times, like I was not watching hmm. television because I was just like, I was deep because I knew we were going to try and conceive in 2018. Mm-hmm. And so I, in, um, in February, I got off my birth control. I was on, I had the IUD and I wasn't sure how long it would take to kind of get my cycle back. And so I didn't actually get a period until April. And it was like really weird, I guess. Um, my cycle, like days, I think I didn't get a period for like 40 something days and like mm. longer. Um, but, and then I would, so I did get my period started and I bled for like two days, like super, super, super heavy. And then it was gone again. And so it was really hard to like figure out when I was supposed to be ovulating, if I was ovulating. Um, and that, went on for a couple months. And I think by the third month, so in late August, maybe that was four months, um, we, I thought I was tracking things right. And I had sort of a mini breakdown on the weekend because I was just frustrated that it was taking so long, which it was not taking <laughs> so long. We'd only been trying for two or two months, maybe three months. And I just was having a lot of fear come up from yeah. my past. Then I was totally. like, you know, is this, this is going to take forever. Like, I was just very anxious. I was pee- started peeing on pregnancy tests again. And that, so that was like on Sunday when, when I was like sort of losing it. On Tuesday, I went to bed. And I was laying in bed and I I just like this feeling sort of came over me that I should take a pregnancy test the next day. (laughs) And so I was like, well, okay, whatever. Like, I just, I was like, I'm not pregnant. Like it's been too many days. Like there's no way I'm Mm. pregnant. I woke up, my husband left. I I peed in a Dixie cup and I did the test and I got in the shower and I got out and there was the faintest line. Mm. Like, you, like you had to like really hold it up to the window. <laughs> like, like there, there wasn't, there was a line, but they're really like, not really. And so I text a photo to my best friend and I was like, do you see, like, do you see a line here? I'm like inverting the photo. I'm like, is there a line? It was, so, it's so silly. Like now thinking back. And so I went. I get it though. I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like I just wanted. I I'm not pregnant. There's no way. Like this line, it's probably a chemical pregnancy mm-hmm. or something else. And so I went and got another pregnancy test that afternoon. Like a, this, the other ones were like the really, really cheapy ones, and 
again, it was a very faint line. And so my friend was like, no, I see it. So <laughs> I, uh, I was, I was very excited because I was like, oh my gosh, there's a line. Like I've never, like it's been so long since I got a real line. And so I ended up making this little letter board for my husband that said uh, Wooten Party of Five on it. And <laughs> yeah, I put this, uh, this le- like little lovey stuffed animal that I had gotten uh, for our baby a few months before, like next to it. And I put it on the table and he came down for dinner and he was like looking at me and he was like, what? Like five? What, what does that mean? Because he like sometimes like wasn't he? We were there was three of us who like live here. My stepdaughter lives in a different state, and so he was like mm. kind of confused. And um, he looks at the test, and he like looks at me, and he looks at the test, and he's like, "What are you showing me?" And I was like, "There's a line. Don't you see the line?" And he's like, "There's there's no line. Like he thought I was like losing it. Like, there's no line. Like there's not a line on this test." So I'm like, "Yes, there is." And so that, that that evening, I went and bought another pregnancy test. And I was like, well, I'll just take them like throughout the weekend. And like, we'll just see. That's when you need that digital one. <laughs> so I end, so that was, so this was Wednesday. Thursday, I was like, you know, I'm going to go get my blood drawn, which starting the obsession, it was not as I should, it was such a waste of time. Hmm. I take my two nanny kids who are a year and a half and four months to the doctor's office with me. I had an appointment at like 10. I did not get seen until noon. I had, to, and they wouldn't just draw my blood. So I had to see the doctor. The doctor was like, yeah, yeah, you're probably not pregnant. I was like, well, okay, thank you. So I get my blood drawn. Eventually we were there for like over three hours with like two small children. I go and they're like, okay, we'll call you tomorrow with the results. So Friday I wait for a call. I, cl- I call at like five o'clock because I haven't heard from them. Sorry, your, your results aren't here. Like, okay, then I call back tomorrow. So I called back Saturday in the afternoon, same like answer. So by that point, I was like, well, that was like a waste of my life to go to the doctor because whatever the number was on Thursday, it doesn't matter anymore because the pregnancy test is getting darker. And like, this was days ago when they're eventually going to call me. So they called me on Monday and they told me my number was 25, which is like, this explains why the faint line was so faint because I was very newly pregnant. And they're like, you should come back and we'll just draw your blood again. And I was like, you know, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> and they were very insistent, but I kind of just hung up. And that was sort of when I realized that like, I really just don't think I want to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of, like, I had a lot of anxiety sitting in the waiting room and waiting. And like, I was just obsessing over it. And it didn't, Whatever that number was, it, it wasn't going to change anything if I was pregnant or I wasn't pregnant. Exactly. And so, so I think that was sort of like my first like little test because I just sort of like surrendered a little bit more than I would have in the past. <laughs> and so um, I told my husband, I wasn't sure if I wanted to hire a midwife yet, um, but like, let's just wait and see. And like, we'll just sort of like, if a time comes where I feel like I want extra support or I want to go see somebody, then we'll find somebody. And so I did have a wild pregnancy. Um, the only person I saw during my pregnancy was a chiropractor. And I started seeing her around 20 weeks and she was amazing. So I went to that appointment and she asked me who my midwife was. And I told her that I did not have one. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Tell me more. Like she was intrigued. She had had a midwife assisted birth and was like, yeah, she did nothing. Like 
Mm. Totally could have just done it on my own. And like, it wouldn't have, it would have been super easy. And so um, she was like really nice because she would ask me how I was feeling. Like I was getting the kind of care that you probably would get from a traditional midwife from her. Just like checking in. Cause I saw her almost every week. Just like common decency. <laughs> Yeah, like she, right? like just like she, womanly love, sisterly support. Yeah, and she was. I still like she saw the baby. She seemed like I see her still. Like she's so wonderful and was just so supportive and like really just like listened to me and like didn't offer any advice. It was just like, oh, that's that's great, or I'm sorry you're feeling that way. And it was just I was I'm so glad that I found her because she was amazing. And so, um, I. I felt like going to her really did help my birth. Um, I was really out of alignment when I went to see her at 20 weeks. My hips were all out of place and my legs. And um, I do think that like getting me where I was supposed to be um, helped, although it didn't help with a speedy labor because it was not fast. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think. So how did it feel for you in your family with a worrying husband that assumed you'd go to the hospital and like in your social circle, how did it land in your community and in your household to make this radical decision to to have a wild pregnancy? So for me, just like after like experiencing the beginning, the blood tests and all of that, like I just didn't feel like anything was wrong, but I didn't like nobody was going to know outside of me. If, obviously it's like I was doing ultrasound and stuff, but I didn't want to do any of that. And so like, I felt totally at peace the whole time. I don't think I really worried about anything, which is sort of abnormal, but I think maybe I worried before I was pregnant and I like, I just sort of let go of stuff. Um, my husband, it was a little bit harder for him. Um, we we thought about doing the um, your free birth course, and I I had asked him like, would this you know make you feel better? Like you you could learn stuff that maybe I'm not going to show you, or might not have the right way to show you. And he sort of left it on me, and he was like, well, you know, if you want to do it, and so I was like, well, you know, I don't really feel like I need anything, like. I'm just going to go into labor and like the baby's just going to be born. And so, yeah, like I, I rented books from the library and I skimmed them because I just, there was so many words and I just didn't feel like I had enough time mm-hmm. to like, like I feel like I was wasting time reading this because like while they were great, I just felt like they were really boring, uh, which is terrible. I feel like, um, and I, I remember asking in the, um, in our membership group, like, is it wrong that I don't feel like I want to like read a bunch of stuff and have all this like extra knowledge? And everyone came back with, do what feels right to you. And so um, we did. So in the so in the beginning of my pregnancy, we did tell um, my dad and my stepmom that I was going to have a midwife. Um, it worried my dad a lot. Mm. Uh, he's not really known anything outside of hospital birth. And um, we were discussing it at dinner and he was like, well, you know, your aunt, she couldn't deliver her babies and they had to be, you know, removed with forceps and all of these things. And if she she wouldn't have been there, she could have died or the baby could have died. And so I think he had a little bit of fear. Um, And so we just sort of told them like, oh yeah, we're going to hire a midwife. We just haven't found one. And so that sort of just, I didn't get a lot of questions. People didn't really ask. Um, 
I eventually did write an email to my parents and my grandparents, sort of outlining why I was choosing this. Um, obviously, if something was wrong, we would 100% seek out medical help. Um, because I do believe that I would have known if something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And um, so when when you were having a wild pregnancy for you, was that also you choosing free birth? Like did those yes. go together? Yes. Okay. And then um, who, who did you assemble for your your team? Was it just your partner? Yes. So we didn't have anybody. So I did I did seek out um, a naturopath. Um, he, my husband was really adamant about wanting the baby to have a doctor. And so that was our co- sort of compromise was um, this naturopath where we live. And she's, she's really nice. She trained with midwives for like five years. So she had a lot of birth experience. And I went to that interview when I was like 36 weeks pregnant. And she asked me all these questions. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. Well, what about this? No, we're not doing that. And so she was, was like, I could tell that she was a little nervous, um, but she was like, okay, well, if, you know, once the baby is born within like the first 24 hours, if you want, like she does home visits for sick kids and for birth. If, I mean, I don't think she's ever done a home visit for birth. Cause I think I was the first person to mm. not have a midwife, but she said she would come like, if you want me to, I can come and check on you and baby, um, if that would make you feel better. And my, my husband was like, yes, like we would love that. Um, she ended up being on vacation when I was in labor. And so she wasn't here. Um, but that was the only person I didn't, uh, I didn't really feel like I needed anybody else. Um, so did your husband get on board? Like I'm trying to picture you have this obviously worried partner and then it's just him on your team. Yeah. Like that feels a little risky. So he... We had had lots of conversations. We did have a lot of like, not fights, but like disagreements where I was like, well, this is just what I'm doing. <laughs> um, he was never not on board because he he definitely supported me and was like, you know, I'm here for you. But I think he was really fearful and afraid. Um, he would look up stuff and like, he's, he's very much like a logic numbers kind of guy. And so that like, you know, how many babies have, have died at home and all of these other situations. And um, we actually had a, a fairly large fight on Mother's Day. I was 39 weeks pregnant. Aww. And I know, I'm like super, I'm like, I could go into labor at any moment. And this is when you're going to tell me this. <laughs> you asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he just, he means so well. And he loves us so much. And I think, I think that's where it all comes from. Um, his parent, his dad is, was very, very like worried and like put them in a bubble basically. And so that's kind of just how he was raised. Um, he's definitely gotten out of that bubble now. Um, well, but- and you're, the reason I keep bringing up your husband that is so important is that you did it anyway and that he did support you. And even in his fear that he still had your back and those really are stories that we need to talk about and relationship dynamics that need to get talked about, even though it's quite personal. But, you know, from where I sit in the world, I talk with so many women who this is the right decision for. And they're so confused or tortured by how to handle their partner's fear, anxiety, worry, and sometimes, you know, lack of support, which it sounds Mm -hmm. like you didn't have that part, which is great. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's, I think it's so important for other women to hear, like, it's actually okay if your partner's afraid, like that doesn't, that doesn't need to be the deal breaker here. 
Exactly. And I felt like he was afraid for the both of us. Like I felt like I felt not afraid. Like I was the opposite of afraid. And I told him multiple times, like I felt great this whole pregnancy. Like I, I know, like I feel baby all the time. Like I can tell baby's head down because of her and so many hiccups. She had hiccups from like 24 weeks daily. And so like I knew where, where baby was Mm -hmm. and I just, he was, I think he was more, most afraid. I mean, I'm speaking for him that he would have to tell people if something happened to us, like it would be on him if something happened to us, which I totally understand. Um, But we, we just, I just told him like, if you don't want to be here, like I can have this baby by myself. And like, I basically labored a hundred, mostly on my own. He, he checked on me, but, but I was up in our room for forever having this baby by myself. (laughs) And, and I felt loved and supported by him. But once I did go into labor, it was a lot for him. Um, Mm. He just like, in his mind, he thought, if the hospital is only 1% safer, why would we not go? Because you didn't want to. And he's like, exactly. When he, and he, he got it, but in our, like, this was our fight on Mother's Day. That's what it really came down to was, it's just like, why, why not just go? And so I told him like, your idea of safer and my idea of safer are different. Like, yes, if there was an emergency in that moment, we might be safer. Mm-hmm. But if there's not an emergency and all the things that they could do to us or, or ruin, like, we're not having any more babies. Like, we're having one. Mm. Like this, that was why this was so important to me was because I didn't want to look back and be like, why didn't I just do that? Like, why, why did I let somebody else's fears mm-hmm. decide what I was going to do and how we were going to like change? Like my, my stepson was born via C-section. He was a very large baby. He was almost 13 pounds. And so like that sort of brought up fear for him. And I just, I, we just went to bed basically after our fight <laughs> I was like I love you and like I know you love me and you're, you're trying to mean well but like we're doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nice good we, for you I am 39 I, weeks pregnant we yeah. are not leaving this house like, <laughs> exactly. I got no time for that I'm also I'm really done I had just finished my like working I just started maternity leave and I was like we're like we're not we live in a place that like we're not super like we're not far from the hospital but in traffic we're probably 45 minutes my friend who had her child at the birth center said getting in the car to drive there was the worst part of her whole labor oh totally and i was like and now like hindsight like thinking about how i actually labored there's no way i could have gotten in a car there's just no way like i'm, I, all, I'm also appreciating this part of your story or of who you are that you you've kind of identified yourself as a as an anxious person and and actually feeling the anxiety in the doctor's office and feeling the shift when you chose a wild pregnancy and when you really carved out your own path here that that decreased your anxiety into the into having a pregnancy where you felt no fear that is such a powerful experience and i'm just i'm so appreciative of you sharing that because you know socially 
I think the way it's demonstrated to us is it is the anxious women that need to be in the system and be totally controlled and managed, you know, and and giving them this sense of, even though it's a total bullshit illusion, this sense of control, um, but that you just what a counter narrative you're offering here that it actually decreased your anxiety to not engage in that system is just, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I would. So I'm really close with my grandma. Uh, she's had five, five boys, ten, five kids in 10 years. And she labored very, very, very quickly. Like, basically, with, like my grandpa would drop her off and go back to work and like he'd come back and the baby was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was one of the I mean, my family was nervous, but they loved and they're like, we love and support you. Like, you're not going to hear anything different from us. And my grandma was like, well, why do you need a midwife? <laughs> and she like, she got it from when she was having babies to how different it is now. How she could just tell her doctor, no. <laughs> like, and he respected, like he respected her. They were friends. She went to his house, basically had her baby and left and went home. And so we talked every week almost about, you know, what it was going to look like. And, and she was very supportive and just like, she's kind of like my best friend. Like I love her. (laughs) And so it was nice having, like, I was really, that's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that people were going to try and talk me out of my decision. Yeah. And I don't like debating things. I'm, I would rather just not talk about things. And so I was afraid that it was just going to become like a fight with everyone that I loved. And it wasn't. It was, I knew that they were not a hundred percent, but like, I never felt that from them. Like I, I felt love and support and they were like, if you need us, that's great. If not, that's great. Like my dad, after she was born was like, I'm so glad you guys are both okay. (laughs) Don't have any more babies. (laughs) You're sharing, you're sharing that to kind of show the point that you had a lot of support that helped you feel good about making this decision to to not go into the system? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So what happens at the end of your pregnancy and and shift us into, you know, the beginning of your labor and, and anything worth mentioning at the end of your pregnancy? Are you feeling just ready to rock. And and again, if you want to speak to what, what does it come down to to make this choice that it's just you and your sweet but nervous partner? <laughs> like, do you have anxiety about... I mean, is that like... I would feel nervous to have only a nervous partner with me. So did that not come up? Tell me a little bit about that. No. So I did not feel like I... I felt like if anyone else was there, I was going to be focused on them instead of focused on like, whoa, what was happening to my body. And so I, I, we kind of discussed doulas, but my husband thought that they were just like a midwife. And I was like, well, they're not. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I did not feel anxious. I was really ready. Like I was ready to be a mom. I was ready to meet our baby. Like I was very excited for labor to start. Um, I know a lot of people like feel like they have to get through labor and like I wanted to enjoy labor as much as I can. Um, I didn't, I prayed that my labor would not be super quick. Uh, My labor with my mom was very fast when she had, when she had me and she said it felt like she was being run over. And I wanted, I knew that this was like a one and done sort of situation. Mm. I, I wanted to be in each phase and really just like feel it and experience it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Know, which is like the opposite of people would be like, Oh, I hope your labor is fast. And I'd be like, really? I hope it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I did not experience any Braxton Hicks, I don't think, when I was pregnant. I never had like any that felt like my contraction. So I woke up 41 weeks and one day. And I went downstairs, I started making my breakfast, and I had my first contraction. And I was like, oh, that's what that feels like. Okay. Like it wasn't painful. It was just a lot of tightening, which I hadn't felt before. And so I called and canceled my chiropractor appointment because I was naive and thought this baby was coming at any moment. Uh, She wasn't. So I got ready for the day and I met my friend at Target because I needed to get like Ziploc bags or something stupid. But I was like, well, I'm not leaving the house after this baby's born. So like, I'm going to go to Target one more time. So, so silly. So I walked through Target and I would have a couple, there were probably... I don't know, 10-ish minutes apart. And I could walk and talk through them like it wasn't a big deal. Um, I came home, our dishwasher had broken. And so our maintenance guy was bringing us a new one. And I was like, oh, well, should I cancel? And I was like, no, because like, do I really want somebody bringing a dishwasher when I'm like newly postpartum? So I'm sitting at the table and my my contractions sort of stopped around one o'clock. Um, so I ate lunch and the, the maintenance guy came and I was, he was like, oh, your baby's due any day now, huh? And I was like, well, I'm actually, I think I'm in labor right now. And he was like, what? Do you want me to leave? And I was like, no, I want you to install the dishwasher. <laughs> like, he was like, are you sh- like, are you okay? Is this baby going to happen like now? I was like, no, <laughs> like, like, you're okay. Just install the dishwasher and then you can leave. And so uh, I, I didn't really have any more contractions. My husband came home and around 6.30, we went for a walk. And this, it's, it's maybe three fourths of a mile, this like loop that I would do when I was pregnant. And it took me about 20 minutes normally when I was pregnant. It took me 45 minutes to walk the same little little path. And my poor husband and our dog are just like, are you coming? <laughs> like, it took me forever. I was having a lot of more, the, the intensity was sort of picked up. And so um, we got home and I made dinner. And I changed out of my pants because pants are uncomfortable and it was hot. And so um, I tried to eat. I sat on the couch, tried to watch TV while sort of having like contractions. And with each contraction, I had to stand up. Like sitting down was very uncomfortable. So I would stand up and sort of sway a little bit. And they weren't lasting for very long, but like they definitely like were intense. Um, And I, I kept trying to watch some stupid show on TV. And I just, I felt very spacey. Like I just, like focusing on it just was too much. And it was like, I just didn't want to watch TV. So I went up to our room by myself and I had all the windows open and it was like sunset. (laughs) And I grabbed my phone and I I took a picture of the sunset out the window. And I said, oh, this is the sunset. The baby's going to be born under. She was not. She was not. Oh no. How long was the next, the whole next day. Um, So I'm laboring upstairs and uh, the pool was blown up already. And then about 10 o'clock, I said, you know what, let's, let's fill the pool up. Like that probably would feel really good to, to float around in some water. So we filled it up and I got in and like, I think I had one contraction in the water and it felt like the intensity was like barely there at all. And so I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I don't want to be in the pool. Like maybe this will stop labor. Um, so I got out and we covered, so the pool we had, um, didn't have a heater, but it had like the cover and I was shocked how much heat that cover kept in the pool. 
I thought short, like I thought we were going to wake up in the morning and like the water was going to be icy cold. And so I, um, my husband went and slept in the other room. Um, because he had like worked all day. He was up really early. So he went to bed and I was just sitting down between contractions. And then I would stand up during the actual contraction. And around midnight, I went to the bathroom and I took one last photo of me and of me pregnant in the mirror. And I tried to go to bed. And I think I, I laid in bed and I don't really remember having any contractions. I don't think I actually slept but I sort of was like in the in-between a little bit. And I woke up in the morning around six and wanted to get in the pool again. So I had I had Matt come in, check the water. It was super warm still. So I got right in and I took another... I have, like I took a lot of photos during this because I felt between contractions, I felt very much like aware and present. And so I have like these little selfies of me in the pool. Um, I progressively get sweatier. Um, I got in the pool and it didn't, it just didn't feel very good at first. So I got out and I went downstairs. I hadn't really eaten anything. So I was like, well, I should probably eat something. When I, when I get really hungry, I get really nauseous and then I'm too nauseous to eat. And so I can't really solve the problem. So I made a bowl of oat. (laughs) It's awful. It happens all the time when I, totally. it's like, I didn't know what to eat. So I made some oatmeal and I took like two bites and it was not what I wanted. But I thought, you know, I need, I need to eat. And so I, I'm, I'm in the kitchen and my husband is watching TV, I think at this point. And I'm just like fully laying on the counter, my, like my whole upper body on the counter. And it was really cold and it felt really good. And I'm just swaying and moaning through the contractions. And at that point, I think they were about three minutes apart. So they were pretty fairly close. Um, I went back upstairs because it was um, my feet started hurting from like standing on our hardwood floor. Mm-hmm. And I got back in the pool on my hands and knees and I was sort of like draped over the side of it. And our dog was up here. Um, I've had her since she was one. And so she was just laying on the bed, staring at me. <laughs> I had to kick her out because she just like kept staring at me. Like, just stop looking at me, like turn around or something. And my husband would come up probably every 30 minutes and ask me how I was doing and if I was okay. Because I, I, was, I was very, very, very vocal. Um, I don't think I've ever made this much noise in my whole life. Yeah, I bet. If there's ever a time. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't sure how... Because sometimes I like to hold in my... I hold in my feelings and I don't like to share a lot of things. And so I wasn't sure how I would feel about being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I just like immediately let go. Like I was naked the whole time. Um, so he would come up and he would ask me, are you okay? I'm so sorry. You're in so much pain. And I, like I, the contraction would end and I'd be like, oh, I'm actually not in pain. Mm-hmm. Would, I love what? that. <laughs> I was like, no, it, like it doesn't hurt. It's just, it's like intense. Like I couldn't not make this noise if I tried. And um, so then he would go down, him and the dog would sort of come in and out for hours. Around 11 o'clock or 11.30, I started feeling really, really pushy or what I think is pushy. Um, like my body would just bear down and I couldn't stop it. Like I couldn't hold my body tight to make it not happen. And so um, 
that would happen with each contraction. Like I could just, it was like I was being covered in a wave. It would like start like at my feet almost and like just work its way up and then like crash over me. And between the contractions, I was, I felt totally normal and fine and lucid. We could have a conversation if he came up and was up here. Um, I felt very relaxed, excited, like our baby is going to come at any moment, right? Uh, no, <laughs> she was not coming at any moment. My, uh, I got out of the pool. So I was in the pool from until about 2.30 maybe. Um, I was basically a prune because I was in the pool the whole wow. time. Um, I definitely was not drinking enough water. Um, I still hadn't really eaten anything. And so he brought me up some um, like canned mandarins or something. And I was like, I probably could eat that. Bring those. So I ate like two of those and a honey stick. And that sort of gave me a little bit of energy, I think. Um, and I was like, I'm really tired. I'm just going to lay down and try and take a nap. So I'm laying on my side with a pillow between my legs and a contraction hits. And that is the only contraction I felt that was painful. Um, I felt like I was being ripped apart. Mm. So I'm like begging the contraction just to stop. And it does. And it takes everything inside of me to get out of the bed. Because I'm on my side facing into the bed. So I have to like roll, you know, you're super pregnant. Trying to get out of bed, it's not easy. I like throw myself out of the bed, rip my clothes off, get back in the pool. And I'm in the pool for maybe five minutes. And the intensity shifts like it is every contraction is so intense and just so much pressure and I'm mid contraction and I sort of like open my eyes and my water breaks and I just see this like shoot of water shoot out of my body (laughs) and I was just like oh my gosh like I'm so glad why is nobody here because that was cool and so I, I call for Matt and I'm like honey like come upstairs so he comes he comes upstairs and I'm like my my water just broke. And he like, he kind of looks at me. He like looks at my belly. Are you sure? Your belly's still really hard. (laughs) And I just laughed and I was like, I saw it come. I saw the water come out of my body. Like, yes. Like, I'm. are you sure? Yes, honey. And so like in the water, there was tons of vernix floating around. And so I said, you know, the water's kind of kind of questionable. It's getting a little cold. Like, would you mind like switching it out again? And so we didn't, this is the one thing we didn't prepare. We didn't get like a bucket, not the smartest choice, get a bucket. Um, so we used a Rubbermaid container, <laughs> like a, that you would store stuff in your closet. Totally. You just use whatever you have. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like carrying it. Like it, it's like rectangle shape. It's not the best. There's water everywhere. He's like pouring it into the shower and bringing water back and we fill the pool up and I thought, oh my gosh, like our baby is almost here. My water just broke. Like my contractions are like a minute apart. Like this baby's going to be here any minute. And um, so this was the 28th of May. And during my pregnancy, my mom um, had told me this, be- this baby cannot be born on May 29th. Um, that is her mom's birthday. And she has a lot of trauma associated with her mom. She um, abandoned her when she was 12. And she's got, like, she is, like, she refuses to talk to her. I've never met her. Um, And so, like, that day for her was, like, Hmm. that cannot happen. And so I'm, like, she doesn't even know I'm in labor yet. And I'm, like, oh, yay, the baby's going to be born on the 28th. Like, great. 
baby was not born on the 28th. The baby was born on the 29th. <laughs> um, and I do sort of feel, this is like total side note. I do sort of feel like it was like, she sort of brought happiness to that day again for my totally. mom. And like, sort of like broke that chain of like negativity and trauma. And so, um, so I'm in labor thinking like, oh, baby's going to come at any moment. <sighs> I was in the pool, still in the pool, um, about six o'clock, maybe. I put my finger inside of me and I think like, oh, well, maybe I'll be able to feel the baby. Mm, no, cannot feel the baby. But I tell my guy, my husband comes up and I'm like, you know, they'll probably be here within the next hour. And I did this from like 3 p.m. until she was born. <laughs> baby will be here probably within the next hour. And like, not, not in an anxious way, but like in an excited way, like, oh, baby's almost here. And then like the, and the hours just like melted away. Like when, when I looked back on how long I had actually been in labor, I was shocked because I was like, it didn't seem like I was awake for basically two days. Um, the contractions are still really, really close together, super intense, but I'm relaxed. I'm breathing through them. Um, they're not painful. I think at about eight o'clock, I asked my husband to put some music on and I had picked out a couple songs that I wanted to listen to. Um, and of course he like puts on some random playlist and I'm like, no, I don't want to listen to this. This is just like, it was like super energetic and like, it was too much. And I was like, I need something a little bit cal more calm. <laughs> and like, so I was listening to like classical piano music. And eventually I put my hand inside of, or my finger inside of me again and I can feel baby's head. And I sort of like, I sort of like rub my finger a little bit and I'm like feeling around and I'm like, I think baby has hair. Like, I think I'm mm -hmm. feeling like, I think that's hair. Like, obviously I didn't know, but I, I was pretty sure. And like, when I had like taken my, my finger out, my fingernail was like covered in burnix. Like, like I had stuck my finger in like a jar of like coconut oil. Like it was, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> she was, she was, it explains why there was so much burnix in my water because like she was yeah. covered. So... I think start for hours. So probably for four hours before she was born. Um, I'm very, very pushy, but I'm not like, I didn't ever consciously bear down or push. Like my body just sort of did it for me. Like I didn't really have control over my body. Um, and eventually, so I had felt her head and we can, so I asked my husband, like, can you see her head yet? Like, like, can you see anything? And he's like, oh yeah, maybe. And then eventually like we can see the top of her head and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the baby's almost here. And probably for two hours, you can uh -huh. see a little bit of her head and then she'd go back in. You can see a little bit of her head and she'd go back in. So I was like, oh great. Like, you know, I'm probably really stretchy, I guess. Um, that's probably, that's probably a good thing. But I, I wasn't like wondering, um, if like something was wrong or if she wasn't in a good position. Did you at any point freak out or like, like lose your shit a little or kind of feel like you couldn't do it or like Never. that decimated feeling? No. And so that was actually one of the things like I, I, I've, so many people say that they were decimated and just like broken. And I, and I never felt that way. Like, hmm. 
I feel like motherhood has done that to me. Right. It's going to get you. <laughs> it did. It got four months hit and then she stopped sleeping. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. She was a great sleeper in the beginning. Four four to six hour stretches and then she just stopped sleeping. Uh, and so, yeah, it, can't, it caught up with me. Yeah. Um, but no, I never felt like I just... I was in such a good headspace that I was like, I was so excited. Like this baby we I had been waiting for for so long was like basically here. And so um, I just, I, my husband would sometimes ask me like, are you in pain? Is the baby still moving? Um, I'm like, yeah, like baby's kicking me. Like I could feel her feet like still very much in my ribs. Um, so her... So we're having, her head's coming and going and coming and going. And eventually like, I reach down um, and I can like feel a good portion of the top of her head. And that's when it sort of, she sort of stopped sucking back in. And the intensity did hurt a little bit um, right before her head was born. So her she's almost like to the widest part of her head. And I remember throwing my head back thinking, and I said like, oh, this hurts. And then I remembered that when you're tense, it's going to hurt more. So I just like, I took a deep breath and I just like relaxed. And I was, I just like, was like, ow, 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 but like (laughs) very very relaxed. And then like her head was out and I was just, it was like relief because she had been coming and going for hours. Probably 10 seconds passed before my next contraction started. And so her head is out and I am leaned back in the pool at this point, um, sitting on my butt. And so I don't, I didn't actually, I couldn't see her uh, over my giant stomach, but I felt her whole body like rotate inside Mm, of me, which was like the most, like the most interesting feeling. And it's almost like she kicked her little feet and then like out slid her body. And I was just like, like it didn't really dawn on me that like her whole body was just out of my body. And my husband, like I, I didn't, I was like, what, I'm done. And my husband grabbed her immediately, which was great because I was so like relaxed and just like on the, like my, I don't think my body could have grabbed her even if I wanted to. So he grabs her and he places her on my chest and, the, the first thing I say after I have a video, I didn't know he took a video, but I have a video. She starts crying and I say, Abby, our baby's here. Well, Abby's our dog. <laughs> so I'm talking to my dog, not That's my husband. Hilarious. The first thing I say is, Abby, our baby is here. And she's crying. And I'm so, I didn't know he was taking a video at oh all. Oh my God, that is and so cute. I actually forgot that she cried when she was born until I watched that video. So like, she didn't cry. And he was like, yeah, she did. I was like, no, she didn't. And he was like, yeah, here's this video. And so it's so special to me, especially because like the way my, my arm placement is, you can't like, you can't see my nipples or anything. And so like, it's something that I feel like I can share with people without it being like, here's my naked body. Totally. Because, you know, some people don't like to see that. And so he grabbed, I asked him to grab a towel. And so we're just like snuggling in the water and... He's like, yeah, because I told him like I when I was actually preparing for this, I found my uh, my notes for him that I had written, and one of them was like, "Don't ask what the gender is." Mm-hmm. So a few minutes went by, and he was like, "Can can we look?" And so I'm like, kind of cradling her in my arm, and my my cord was really short, so I couldn't bring her up to my breast, so she was pretty low, um, and we like kind of pull her legs apart a little bit, and we're both like. 
oh, it's a boy. <laughs> and we kind of like look at each other and we're like, no, wait, that's their umbilical cord. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> and so we, he like looks and he's like, it's a girl. And then, so we did not, we had one name. We had no boy names. We just had one name and it wasn't even like a for sure thing. Like we liked it, but like we didn't really know. For eight years, I had making had been making a list of baby names in my phone. Mm. Probably 300 names. We didn't use a single one off that list. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, it's a girl. And we both immediately say, hi, Hannah. And so like, it just like, oh my gosh, that's your name. Like, that's who you are. You are Hannah. And it's a good thing you are Hannah because if you weren't, you would just be baby. Totally. And so we we sort of snuggled in the pool for, I don't know, maybe 30. It felt like forever, but I don't think it was actually very long. Um, the water was sort of getting cold and um, I was sort of just uncomfortable. I wanted to just get out. And so um, I... I couldn't lift her up very high. Like I couldn't lift her to my chest. Like she like was below my breast. And so um, this is the one time where it would have been nice to have another person here mm. because they could have helped me stand up while he had held the baby because he had to hold, like, someone had to hold the baby. And so I stood up and like, I'm kind of getting on my knees. My legs were so tired. My legs were just cooked. And that's when I sort of feel like something inside my vagina. And like, I put my hand down and there's this like probably two fists size blood clot. And at first I thought it was the placenta. And I was like, wait, no, that's, that's not, that's, that's just a blood clot. And I felt fine. And I was like, oh, clotting blood. That's good. The pool was very, very red, but like it, it never really worried me or like, I felt fine. Like I didn't. Yeah, that's normal. Like it was just, there was just a lot of blood. And so I stood up eventually and, you know, got out of the pool and we, my husband got naked and we all got in the shower. Um, because it, it, it had been at least 40 minutes. And so the placenta was still inside me. Um, I could kind, I could feel it. So I, in my mind, I thought that it was detached, just like maybe stuck in my cervix. Like I wasn't really worried about it, but it just, I was like, well, I just kind of want to get this out and like be done. So we're in the shower and she's just snuggled up on his chest. And I'm trying to like, I'm, you know, kind of trying to push down. I'm very, very lightly sort of, you know, pulling on the cord and it's just not budging. And so we were maybe in there for eight minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And I said, I have to, like, I have to sit down. My, like, I'm going to fall. Like my legs, my legs are just so tired. And so I was like, you know, let's just cut the cord. It's been a while. Um, and like, I'll just deal with this later. So we got out of the shower. <laughs> we Buy two. If you're going to put anything on your cord, buy two. Um, we were both very tired. I hadn't really slept. I told, so we cut the cord like eight or so inches from her, from her tummy. And in our delirious state, we put the umbilical cord ring on the end of it, mm. which is not where you're supposed to put it. Um, and we, we crawled in bed and she <laughs> latched. Yeah. She latched right away. And, uh, it was amazing. Like I always sort of wondered what breastfeeding was going to be like and like, was it going to hurt? Uh, was it going to be easy? Like I just, I didn't really know what to, like I didn't, I didn't really read anything. Like I just didn't really prepare in any sort of way. I just sort of thought like it'll work itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she flashed and, um, at that point, Matt started cleaning up. Um, I had not eaten all day long really. And so he, it was like, 
11 o'clock probably by now. And he went downstairs and made me a peanut butter and jelly because I was starving. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten in years. Like I need to eat. So he brought me a sandwich and I drank a ridiculous amount of water, a Gatorade, a protein shake. And I still hadn't, like, I still hadn't peed. Like, I didn't even remember the last time I actually had peed. And I was like, oh, that's important. Like, if you, like, I need to drink something and that'll probably help the placenta come down. And I tried so hard to pee, but like, there was just nothing. And so between all of this, we, we uh, put a little diaper on her and like, cause she had pooped already. It was like all over the towel. And I was like, let's just put a diaper. Like, let's just kind of get ready for bed. Um, I tried to pull the placenta out again, still nothing. I could still feel it, but like it was, it was not budging. So I just threw a diaper on and I said, you know what? I don't really care. Like, I feel fine. Um, I'm not heavily bleeding. I was, I did, when I was trying to pull it out, I was sort of standing above the toilet because I thought, well, that might be easier. Like it's really close to the wall. Yeah. Um, And Matt was sitting like directly in front of the door, like in our room, in the chair, holding Hannah. And this huge gush of blood, like everywhere, down my legs, all over the toilet, all over the floor. And he kind of just like gives me this look, like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I feel fine. And he was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, okay. So I think in the moment he sort of let go of his anxiety and his fear. Like he just, he's like, you looked okay. You were talking fine. Like, you didn't look really pale. And so he's like, I just wasn't worried. So I have the diaper on, we go to bed. And maybe an hour after we have gone to sleep, she's laying next to me in the bed and he's sleeping in a different room. He didn't want to bed share. It scared him a lot. And he was like, I don't want to wake you up. Like you guys just sleep in our bed and I'll go sleep on the floor in the other room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He didn't sleep with us for weeks. He slept wow. Yeah. Well, he also, he, so he did go back to work four days after she was born. And that included a weekend. Um, so like he was getting up at like five o'clock to go to work. But I'm, I'm more so saying, wow, in awe of him actually, because there's so much here that he obviously was really, you know, taught to be afraid of. And then he falls in love with this, you know, wild woman that just pushes. Yeah. And, and he obviously figures it out, you know, it's just so much, so much unlearning and so much. Yeah. I feel a lot of compassion for him and really in awe of what, what has shifted in his lineage by having Hannah and by having you, you know? I feel like we definitely balance each other out because he gets me to talk about my feelings, which I don't like doing. And <laughs> me I get him to sort of like, he's he's a lot of fun and like he's he can be very carefree. But then there's other times where he's very anxious and worried about things. And so we definitely are a very good like balance for each other. But so he's sleeping in the other room. And I remember like reading about babies like spitting stuff up or coughing stuff up. And so she sort of started coughing. And like, I'm in here alone. Never been with this, like I'm a nanny. I've I've held brand new babies, but I've never been with babies this long. Like that were nobody came and took. And so I grabbed her and she coughed up a bunch of like brownish mucus. Mm. I mean, it was fairly dark in our room, but like, and like immediately I felt like, oh, she's okay. Like I wasn't really 
Like it didn't really scare me. Like initially it did because she was like coughing up stuff. But then she like kind of coughed it all out and I held her like she's up on my chest all night. Um, And like she didn't cough anything up again. So I don't know if it was just like amniotic fluid or if it was, I mean, my water didn't look like, I mean, it was within other water. So it like, it just like kind of tinged the water, but I don't think that. Was it like thick? Like mucusy? Yeah, like mucusy. Hmm. But she seemed, I mean, she was fine. Yeah, she's obviously <laughs> fine. Yeah. She was fine. Yeah, she's thriving. Um, we did have a little issues with breastfeeding. Um, so the next day, like she was born at night. And the next morning I kept trying to get her to latch. And I just, she just like wouldn't. She was really tired, I think. Um, or she was acting tired. Not like abnormally tired, but like tired. Hmm. And I have larger breasts. And so it was hard to like know how to hold her and how to hold my breast. And like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I probably should have read something up on this, but I was like reading a book while I'm like holding her and trying to get her to like, to latch on. And she just was not interested. Like she wasn't upset, but she just kind of wasn't interested. Um, so I had gotten a, a lactation consultant's card um, from our naturopath. And I said, you know, just, just in case, like if we need anything, um, it'd be nice to have like somebody, somebody else knew instead of like Googling for somebody. So we called her and she came um, within a couple hours and we hadn't taken her stats yet. And I was convinced she was like seven pounds. I was like, she's so tiny. And I told the lady, like she comes in and I'm like, oh yeah, I wonder how much she weighs. And she's like, well, what's your guess? And I was like, maybe seven pounds. And she like just started laughing. And I was like, what? She's like, this is a giant baby. I was like, no, she's not. She's so tiny. Like, look at her. <laughs> she weighed nine pounds, 1.4 ounces. Cute. So I'm very bad at judging size. Um, and so she is. she comes over and she's like looking at my nipples. And one of my nipples is short. It's not flat, but like she couldn't, like with her tiny little baby mouth, she like couldn't latch onto it. So she helped us like express some colostrum um, in a spoon to like spoon feed her, which I wouldn't have even thought of. And so that was like, she was very helpful, but then she also like wasn't at the same time. Um, She did have us start using a nipple shield on that side to try and help her latch on. And it worked, but it was so frustrating because it is so hard to get it to connect to your nipple to start with. And then you're holding a, a baby who's like wiggling around who like she was, she would only put her hands like next to her cheeks. And so like her hands are in the way and I'm like trying to put my boob in her mouth and like she keeps knocking it off. And so we actually only used it for maybe two days. And eventually my husband was just like, because I was getting really frustrated and he was like, maybe just try without it. And I was like, but she said, and he was like, but maybe just try. Mm-hmm. I said, Okay. And she took, she took right to it. And like, mm. we never had to use it again, which was so great. Cause I was like, nice. oh, this is, this is so frustrating. Like, I don't want to have to keep using this. Like, this is not. So she was great. Like she helped us, uh, like, you know, figure that little hurdle out. But I did feel like inviting her into our space and sort of sharing our story with her mm. wasn't this like, so she started being very like, fear like fear mongering a little bit like Uh, what do you mean you didn't have 
you didn't have prenatal care. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I took care of myself. And I, what does that have to do with why you're here in my home? And so, and like, she wasn't covered by our insurance. So we were paying out of pocket, which we were glad to do, but like, she sort of started digging up that fear for my husband. And so she was like, you know, you know, newborn babies, they're like squished up. And as, as it is, she's kind of, maybe her shoulders are a little bit more broad. And so like, she like was like, her shoulders were like kind of up to her ears and she was just like kind of squished up. And she kept saying, you know, I think something's wrong with her. Like you guys need to get her seen. Like some, like if she doesn't start, if she doesn't start nursing, like you're going to, if she doesn't have wet diapers, you're going to have to go to the hospital. And like, you might have to do formula and you might have to do this. And yeah, no shit. That's not helpful. We know that. And so if I stayed very calm, but like, it sort of started worrying my husband. He was like, well, should I go buy formula right now? And so she did, she did reach out to a mom in our, in our neighborhood and she gave us some breast milk and we did give her like one ounce of it. And I do think that helped because after she got a little bit of calories, she was like more interested in trying to nurse. Of course. And so she, she knew who, who had referred us to her, who had given me her card. And I told her who our chiropractor was. Well, she called our naturopath and left her a message saying something was wrong with our baby. She called my chiropractor. Something's wrong with this baby. Like you guys, she needs to get in to be seen. And you know, our naturopath was not in town. And so like my husband was like kind of freaking out because he was like, is something like, is something really wrong with her? And I was like, Oh, she's, she's fine. Like, like this could become an issue if she's not getting calories, but like uh, yeah. at the moment, like she's fine. She's sleeping, she's pooping, like she wasn't really peeing, but she also wasn't eating. So I wasn't like, I wasn't too concerned. And so the next day we eventually go to the doc, one of the doctor's offices where we live and it was awful. <laughs> they were so cold and like, we obviously we didn't know these people, but I had literally, I was in a diaper. Like I had just given birth. Like this is, I, I had no intention of going anywhere after, after giving birth. And I agreed to go because he was really worried. And I was like, you know what? You supported me. You showed up for me. So if this is, if this is what we have to do to get you off my back, like we'll go. So we go to the doctor's office and we see the nurse and she's probably the worst. I mean, I've taken kids to the doctor. She was awful. She's telling me to take baby's clothes off. The lights are really bright. Put her down on this cold table. And like, she's just, she turned bright red when she's not so much anymore, but she was fire engine red. She was so red from screaming. And I have to like lay her on the table and I'm just crying. Cause I'm like, this is, this is not right. Like, why are, why are you being so like, this is a brand new baby. She's not even 24 hours old. Like, why are you, why are you being this way? And she, she eventually peed all over me. She must've been like holding her pee or something. Cause it was a lot. So we get her checked out. The other doctor comes in and she's very nice. She turns the lights off. She tells me to dress baby. And basically is like, yeah, she's fine. Like doesn't push anything on us, any testing or anything. And was like, yeah, she's fine. Just follow up with your natural path if you want. And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. We just like, and so like, of course I'm like still upset and I'm crying. Yeah. And I'm like seeing, like seeing my brand new baby, like mm. so upset. And so we get home, we're nursing. She's eating a little bit. I'm getting her to latch on to the other side, but she's still not peeing. Like she won't pee in her diaper. Like her diapers are still dry, but I knew she was getting, she was getting milk. And so I remember about elimination communication, how you would hold the baby over the sink 
which she didn't like. But when she would cry, she would pee. So she's like screaming bloody murder and like holding her like over the sink and she starts peeing. So that's the, that's the only way she would pee for four or five days. Hmm. It, was, it was so weird. And then she eventually like would, would pee in a diaper and was totally fine. And we cloth diapered for a while, but it was very interesting. I never really have heard of that before. And I didn't, like, I wasn't worried about it. Like it just was, just was what it was. Like she was still peeing. So I wasn't, um, Obsessing. Who knows, man? I, I hear new weird stuff about babies in our bodies every single day. The babies are so mysterious. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And you just really, you just really show at every point in this story that you were connected, you were listening, you weren't, you know, you weren't being blind and, and, you know, like, kidding yourself you just were connected and you were prepared to get help when you were out of your depth and otherwise you were all good you know and that just that just really says it all to me about kind of what a intuitive like what intuitive mothering looks like you know yeah and it's it's weird because i never and i felt her move when I was like 16 weeks, I hadn't really felt, you know, I didn't feel her move before then. We were in Paris. It was my birthday. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I think baby just moved. But I never, like, I never felt like I dreamed about her. I never, I never felt like she was like talking to me, but I just felt like a peace. Like I just felt like deep in my like heart that everything was just going to be okay. Like this was, this was this baby who we were like waiting for. That's and like beautiful. she was, she was going to come and like she was going to live. And if she didn't live, like that would be okay too. Because that was like meant to be. But like, I just, I never, I was just not worried. Like once we sort of made it a couple weeks, I was like, this is our baby. Like this is, this is the baby who is like, who we've been waiting for. I know. I wish we had more time because it sounds like you've just learned so much, you know, in your mothering and in your in how much wisdom you have to share in your postpartum. Okay, thank you so much, Samantha. This was really great. And I think really offers such important perspectives and insights here. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's funny because my during my uh, pregnancy and before, I was like, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll get to go on the podcast. Like how (laughs) would that be? Like, like, how cute? And now here we are full circle. Beautiful. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. Our opening song is by Shia Ray, And now I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me.
no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start.